0: Uh, So, 4th of July, yesterday, and uh, it's only appropriate for you who loves this country, is called to this country, to speak to this country, to remind it, you know, what it was founded upon. So I asked Mike to share a little bit, and even for some of you guys that are international folks that don't quite understand why we're so vehemently, you know, willing to fight for liberty, um that that's something that i appreciate about mike's perspective is that you know i was one of those kind of pastors it was like don't talk about politics in church it's not its place leave it out there and then met these guys and started to understand his heart his calling to this nation and it you know i mean it's hard for me to articulate it because it's your calling but i know what i get out of it and so i kind of speak the effects for me and, and what I get out of this this calling that Mike walks in is that, first off, it, it drove me back to understand, as as imperfect as people may be, the original ideas of that were, you know, that we used the base this nation on, and so, you know, really the single biggest thing, and I, and you should catch this. As as an American reading the Constitution, as just paying attention, you should catch this. But really, the the document was written in such a way to protect our God-given liberties. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the single idea that I've learned from you that makes sense. And really, when you look at it, it's a very grace-focused thing because it, you know, I feel like there's a difference between freedom and liberty, and I think liberty is as much a revelation as grace is. Like, you don't get it unless your heart's really willing to see it and then take the personal responsibility of it. So I don't know if I'm preaching your message or not. Go ahead. That's all right. But that's what I get out of what you talk about. And so I don't see you as a person talking about politics. I see you as a minister, a prophet even, called to that. To in, In the document, we point back to to remind people, no, we're protecting our God-given rights and as we legislate and as we deal with all the stuff in the governing body, we should always point back to that and remember to govern from that. And I think you're kind of a beacon and a prophet to point back to that so that we remember to govern by that and then there's some actual governing that needs to happen. Right. So, that, so that's what I get out of it and that's what I appreciate about what you bring and so... Let's see what's oh, on amen. your
1: yep. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, who loves a pastor that allows folks to get up here and share from their heart and is not uh, think this is all about him. I really appreciate our pastor. Show him some love this morning. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I, he, he cultivates a garden of faith here. He really does. And it, it's just such a dynamic environment to thrive in, I, it, it's a beautiful thing. So I, I go on and on about how thankful I am for Clinton uh, buyers, uh, so that's, that's news for some folks, but it's true, it's true. You know, the stories told uh, about Muhammad Ali, who, who's old enough around here or, or educated enough to know who Muhammad Ali is, a, a, a great boxer. He, he was a greater promoter even, then he probably was a boxer, but he was, he, was a, uh, he was a great self-promoter. And I think what Clint is always emphasizing with us is a sense of identity in Christ. And this is crucial for our success as Christians, right? But the, the stories told, I think this is somewhat amusing, of, of Muhammad Ali was on a flight one time, going one place to another, And he's just going about the cabin and the flight attendant said to him, sir, you have to sit down and buckle up. He said, he says, Superman don't need no (laughs) seatbelt. She looked at him and said, well, sit down and buckle up because Superman don't need no airplane either. (laughs) (laughs) She was able to identify a flaw in his own identity. Right. He didn't think he needed that airplane, but he really did. You know, and that's kind of an odd way to lead us to this. But as Americans, we just got done celebrating the Fourth, and what, what does that bring up? Well, share some words. What, what do you when you say Fourth of July? Independence, freedom, flag. Yeah, nobody's even mentioned food. What's up? Y'all aren't hungry? <laughs> there's there's fireworks, right? Independence, freedom. The one word I don't think I heard was liberty. That's interesting. It's amazing where our culture can get us with the language, isn't it? I mean, how many of you feel, we'll talk about liberty and freedom in just a moment, but how many of you feel, since you all use the word freedom, I'll use your word, more free or less free in your lifetime? Less. Less. Do you, did I hear more? Bob, did you say you feel more free? More. Yeah, well, that's probably because you're a Christian walk, right? But do you, in California today, they wouldn't have had such a good worship service as we just did. Because they do not have the freedom to sing in church. Did you know that? Or that's the claim that they have suggested you don't worship or sing out loud in church. That's a freedom. And so let me, let me share with you a little bit. I would say we're less free as a people in America today. And freedom, if you understand the word, is a permission granted. All right? Liberty is an endowment given. They're very, very different things. Liberty comes from God. It is part of the very nature of who we are as his created beings. And what's beautiful about this country, and it's absolutely unique in human history, is that the, our forefathers gave us an endowment also. They bequeathed to us an idea. It's like what Clint said. The idea was America. The idea was, and they wrote it in the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men, and if they wrote it today, they would have said, and women, (laughs) right? Everyone is created equal. And we're endowed by our Creator. Do you think we'd even write that document today? But we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. That means these rights cannot be removed from you. But you can surrender them. That amongst these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You don't think these were randomly chosen words? And do you think they were randomly put in order? What's the first liberty? What's the first right given by God? I mean, is life. You must have that in order to have the next two. What's the next one? Is liberty. And then the last one, the pursuit of happiness, requires the first two. Doesn't it? I mean this is essential. We we rattle through these this phraseology. We may even recognize it, but does it even mean to us and anything to us today in our culture? We're being told from every angle that that we're we're evil people, that America was an evil nation. Leaders in America did evil things. People under the guise of freedom and liberty have always done evil things. But the idea that is America is totally based in Judeo-Christian values. Those ideas don't come out of a secular worldview. The concept that we're created by God and that he endows in us certain things that no one can take away. And so what does it go on to say that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights that amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So what does it say next? And to secure these rights, governments are instituted amongst men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed, that be us, folks. That is an amazing gift to posterity. We are on the tail end of that. We're in the vapor trails of that a wonderful gift, and we're squandering it. Because we've lost sight of what it even means. We we get to the 4th of July when we celebrate the signing of this document. That's what the 4th of July is about, if you don't know, right? They don't teach it in school anymore, but that's really what it's about. The signing of this document. At the end of the document, what did it say? Right at the end, after they listed all the abuses of of the monarchy in England against the colonies... After listed all that, they signed th- sign it this way. It says, We pledge our lives, our fortunes, and here's another neat word they use: our sacred honor. Is anything sacred in America anymore? Well, there is. God is sacred. He's sacred. He's holy. You know, there there used to be a time when you said a man's word is his bond. There was a sacredness to it. If you said, I do, it meant you do, and you will, right? Now, they're, they're championing the idea that none, nothing is sacred. They call it the desacralization of a, of a nation, or the secularization of a nation. It's the removal of the sacred. How do we plan on being a light in the in? to the rest of the world as a nation without holding things sacred. It's a great challenge, isn't it? Well, that's what the call is for the church, right? Whether America stands or falls is not of the greatest consequence. I think Clint said last night, he says, you know, there's no flags in heaven, right? And that's important. But the heaven's full of Christians. <laughs> I remember when Thomas was kind of is there any Thomases in the bunch here? Are, we, are you the argumentative type? If Jesus was here right now, would you actually argue with him? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you'd be honest with yourself. You might do it, right? We do it all the time with our faith, don't we? We argue with God. We we put our ideas in front of his sometimes, and that's where our faith, faith is weak. But Thomas was sitting there going, he says... Jesus was just telling him about, I prepare a place for you, a mansion, you know, mansions, all this kind of stuff. Thomas <laughs> goes, I, I, how do I know where you're going? I don't, I don't even know the way, you know. And Jesus tells him, says, you do know the way. You do know where I'm going. And then following that, that's where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That is the whole essence of the gospel. I mean, you know, in early Christendom, they weren't called Christians; they were called the Way. They were they were talked about it. The, this is the group, that part, the the Way. You know, the American ideal was based on those concepts of the way to God. I know that sounds like a huge stretch, but it. it what is essential in the American ideal, in the framework of American government, in the, what is encapsulated in the Declaration of Independence, is this concept that some, God gives men and women, gives us as individuals, these inalienable rights. That is a Christian idea. Nowhere else does that exist in any religious worldview. God endows in us certain ideas. And amongst these, liberty is key in those. Liberty is all over the Bible. Jesus says, I come to give sight to the blind, right? And, and to do what? And set at liberty those who are captive. Or depending on how the translation is, the captive in that, the word, the underlying word for captive is broken. To set at liberty those who are broken. Right? Why is sin so destructive? Because it breaks us. It makes us what we not weren't supposed to be. And it enslaves us. Sorry if the word offends you. Right? But it does. It enslaves us. It enslaved, but he says you are no longer in bondage to sin. Amen? I mean, so th- this is all the, f- the, the, can you feel the underlying framework? Can you see the founders in Philadelphia sweating it out? They didn't have AC, and it was hot that year in Philadelphia, and they actually kept all the windows and blinds shut so nobody would see what they were doing, which was mostly arguing, right? <laughs> to the point they almost gave up. And the least godly amongst them, Ben Franklin arguably was, stood up and said, don't you think it would do well if we would, if, if we would kind of uh, request of providence, his divine hand in this interaction? Right? Seeing as he got us this far, we did defeat the greatest army on the face of the planet with a bunch of ragtag farmers. You know? It's like Battlestar Galactica, 1776, right? The ragtag fugitive fleet that, that beat the great empire. We did, but it was a hand of providence that allowed us to do that. And Ben Franklin, amongst all people, acknowledged it. So yeah, they had prayer and then they got to a consensus and they got to that part where they understood that liberty is more important than freedom. Freedom is just permission granted by whoever's in authority. Right? You're free to get up and go to the bathroom during service. You're free to walk in and out of here. You're free to because the authority in the room... Is, is Clinton, he allows it, right? When you serve your time in pre- prison, you're free to go, right? But liberty's a whole different concept. Paul wrote most of the New Testament in prison. Was he free? No. But was he at liberty? Oh, yes, he was. You can't take that. They could not take that from him. They could not separate it. From him. Even at death, liberty is not separated from the human condition. We step from this life into eternity in a state of liberty. And we just get to see better on the other side. We just get good vision. Right? And so... What I, if I could leave anything with you is understand the value of liberty in your own heart first because it's your identity. Clint talks about the angst that's in the world. I mean, you were just mentioning it. That surrounds us today. Do, you, do people feel, I mean, look, are, our pews are half empty because people are afraid of something. They don't have certainty of things. And that fear is identifying what's really going on, or what their belief system's based on. And I don't, I'm not, you know, demeaning anyone who chooses not to be here today because they're concerned about the virus. You know, if the plague was going on, I would recommend don't show up, right? Um, and so, for whatever reason, they make those choices. But I want people to evaluate what they really believe, and what will motivate them to do things. Um, that'll bless the rest of the world around them. I mean, so the document we signed in 1776, uh, that was treason that year. It was high treason. What was the punishment? Death. I mean, the orders went out, right? So it, it's, it's just the way it is. Who was it that said, give me liberty or give me death? Right, arguing in the House of Burgesses the young man came up with that idea. Who would trade their life for liberty? Would we? Yeah, I like to hear. I'd like to think I would. Every time I watch Braveheart, that's me, right? Yeah. He got the ending wrong, but it just sounded better. What does he scream as they're as they're, they're quartering him? Freedom. Wrong word, Mel. It's liberty. <laughs> Now, he may have just wanted freedom at that point. He probably just wanted off that table. Did, would you please give me the freedom to walk out of the building, right? But liberty was the greater thing. That's what they were fighting for. That concept. You watch the Patriot. Why do you sac- set aside your family who has no protection at all and go out there? And I mean, these are the stories that, that motivate us. Yeah, it's fictionalized and stuff, but that, the story is God's story. It's, it's always the way he, why we love these stories is because it's God's own story. The heroic rescue, the self-sacrifice, these are the things that light the world, right? And we all play that role. We, we, I, I hopefully none of you want to be the bad guy, right, in the movies, <laughs> right? I hope. Anybody want to be Robert the Bruce in Braveheart? You know, who cowardly rode off into the distance the wrong way because he turned his back on, on the birth of a nation there. I tell you. But the difference is important in the words, folks. And you have to know it. It's just like the identity. If we don't know our identity in Christ, we're handicapped, aren't we? So when, when the lies come, if you don't know the truth, who's going to win the argument? The world today is telling us that we're a democracy. This nation's a democracy. How many of you know that is a lie? It is a lie. Do you know what a democracy is? Ben Franklin described it this way. He says, it's two wolves wolves and a lamb deciding on what's for dinner. Think through it. That's democracy. It's called mob rule. Whoever has the most votes rules. Our our forefathers did not give us a democracy. They knew that that would tend toward evil. Because people are what? Inherently, without Christ, they are what? We're evil. The scripture tells us every intent of our heart is evil without God. They knew this. So they were trying to build a government to protect what God has given us. It, knowing that these evils exist within the human condition. And we're being told that was bad. They're telling us that America is evil. That the whole concept was. And more and more people are believing it. Well, I refuse to believe it. I'm not going to apologize for being American. I'm Thank God I got born here. Thank God... The entire world wants to come here. They would crawl here over broken glass to come here and be called an American. As bad as it even is today. That says something. They're not attracted to San Francisco, Atlanta, Iowa. They're not attracted to that. They're attracted to an idea. They hear it resonating throughout the ages. That we hold these truths to be self-evident. When they see the Statue of Liberty, they hear that ring. That's what they hear. That's why they come. That's why we should be grateful we're here. And we should champion what was right. And it is an idea. Amen. We have to have it in our hearts. We have to be fully persuaded. Just as as believers, we have to be fully persuaded of our identity in Christ. That's what makes us powerful in the face of the enemy. Does Satan have any dominion over you at all? None. Does sin hold you in bondage anymore? Does it have the power to enslave you anymore as a Christian? It does not. We have been set free. I'll share with you a few scriptures and then turn it over to Pastor. And Pastor, thank you for asking our wonderful worship team to come back up. Because I'm sitting over there saying, please close with worship. Can we just close with worship, honestly? Because it was so, it's just so good. You know, I wake up, I live out in the country, as a few of you well know, uh, that's ever visited our house. We'll invite more of you out there, but uh, it's a long drive, right? Most people claim we live in Alabama. It's not true. Um, uh, anyway, but I get to work up. we live so far in the country that there's a lot of nature around us, so there's a lot of noises that aren't tires on asphalt and brakes and stuff. I mean, it's all nature. And I just marvel at it because I get up pretty early and and it's God's told me it's 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 nature singing to him. Yeah, I always wonder what they're talking about. They're not talking about football scores or basketball scores or whether the national anthem's gonna be played in the NFL or they're not talking about that. They're glorifying God. Right? There's a lesson to be learned. We should start our mornings kind of the same way. With a song in our hearts before our feet hit the floor. Say glory to God in the highest. And on earth, good will, peace toward men. King of kings has come. He has come. He has defeated the enemy. We are are in good position, my friends. This world does not scare me one bit. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's pretty big pretty bold speaking in this This is Luke 4:18 Luke 4:18 The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised or oppressed. To set at liberty that's just a great word. I love it. You go into Galatians. I mean, it's all through it. It's everywhere, but jump down to Galatians 2.4. Now, let's go to Galatians 5.1. 5, 5, Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. The two words are used in that same sentence, free and liberty. The the uniqueness about the American idea was that we recognized that there was another authority besides me and you. The great weakness of the leftist mindset, the Marxist worldview that's being pushed at you day and night through the media today, is it's telling you you're the authority. Or they're the authority. however However you pay attention, Right? The reality is in this scripture, in this statement, in our founding documents, in everything you read about our founders and what led up to the the great birth of the American nation is this, in the liberty wherewith who has set us free? Christ. Absolute recognition of authority. Christ, we got to get first things first. What do you say in Revelations, you have forgotten your first love? He's kind of just admonishing the churches. You forgot your first love, Christ. It, it, it's the great endowment of our nation. Is what we were given was an acknowledgement, first and foremost, that God is the ultimate authority. And then he gave some of that authority to us. And then he entrusted us to use that authority to take dominion. Not to destroy, not to pillage, but to take dominion and rule wisely. In the American framework, the Constitution of the United States was the man's best attempt at doing just that. And it required two things a moral and religious people. It cannot be used to govern any other type. So the call today is for us to be, I mean, in their terms, moral and religious, right? In our terms, is to walk in grace, walk in truth, set at liberty, the captive. We do that. We carry that power with us every day. Amen? right and we've just got to have the information to combat the lies when somebody comes to you and asks for prayer do you do you pray a lie no you pray what you know to be true right we've just got to remind them what we collectively hold to be true when i was a young man my world at least seemed like if you sat there in the public square and sang out, we hold these truths to be obvious, it would resonate. It would ma- I would sit there and think most people in, within earshot would hold this to be obvious, that God made us. He made us equal, right? I'm not sure we could say that today because the culture has done what? It's found a box to put each of us in. Are you a woman? What's your sexual orientation? What color are you? Where were you born? Were you rich? Were you poor? They have, they have done a great evil by, allow, by talking us into allowing ourselves to be separated. The Constitution starts with this word. What? What is the word? It's not what. We. We. In order to, perform, to perfect a more perfect union in order to create a framework, a better one, put this idea forward. This is our framework of government. We will separate the powers of evil people because <laughs> we don't want power all in one person's hand, do we? <laughs> so we'll have a judiciary, we'll have an executive, we'll have a legislature, and we would hope they would stick in their lanes. Well, we've, we've allowed them to not do that. Because we don't know what we're supposed to tell them to do. Right? It's saying, in our Christian walk, if we don't know truly what Christ has set us free for, we're not going to be very effective Christians, are we? Don't you want to change the world around you? Know who you are in Christ, know where you sit on the airplane. And buckle up, right? We're not the plane, folks. God is. He is. America was based on that simple principle. God is who he says he is. The favorite thing God ever said to me is the thing that seemed to make the least sense to me when I started, when I'd look at the Bible. When God said to me, and this is where my faith walk began, he said, I am that I am and for me i disagreed with that up to that point in time in my life i thought i am that i am i was that generation that thought me myself and i was better we i was the highest authority god set me straight that day thank god he did he gave me the faith to say yes the faith to say yes to that we've been given a great endowment friends You've been on the other side of the world, Josh. You've seen what tyranny looks like, right? I mean, up close and personal. Many of us have experienced that type of thing. Um, Let's not lose sight of the wonderful gift we've been given. Don't let them talk you into a lie. Turn off the TV, for goodness sakes. Read this. If you want to be recommended a book to read, call me. I'll recommend you a book to read. (laughs) I'll I'll recommend something you can learn from, right? If you have trouble sleeping at night, I can recommend the Federalist Papers. (laughs) Right? So, but it's remarkable when you read it. The defense of the Constitution is what the Federalist Papers are, written by Hamilton, Jay, and Adams. And they were basically arguing for why this great form of government would do what? Secure the blessings of God. Why don't they get to say that in school now? Why can't they be honest and just say that the American experiment was all based on the idea that we're going to create a government to secure the blessings of God? Just be offended. I, I'm honestly, that's okay. If that just offends you, run with your hair on fire from the room. I don't. <laughs> right? I tell you what, it's just good.